The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of uh, I Lead, the Leadership Connection. And I'm excited to have you with me today. I'm giving a keynote speech in Dubai and also doing a talent management boot camp uh, for quite a number of companies over here today. And I'm looking forward to it. We're also going to be going to Johannesburg and doing a uh, talent management talk and a talk on global leadership in the near future and do our boot camp there as well. And we're lined up for Beijing very soon. So if you're interested in doing the only certified global talent management boot camp, let me know and send me an email at Linda at lindasharkey.com. This boot camp is based upon benchmarked, researched, fact-based talent practices that are proven to deliver business results. Not just somebody's hunch or somebody's assumption or perception of what you need to do to drive a great talent management process, but actual research of over a 1,000 Fortune 500 companies around the world. And this research has proven that there are specific things that you can do as either HR leaders, talent leaders, or company executives to make sure that you have the best talent in your organization and that you have the best best market brand out there to ensure that people want to be part of your organization and want to stay with your organization. I've had a couple of guests on, Chris Yee, uh, who wrote with uh, Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn, The Alliance, and we've built in some of his concepts into our talent boot camp. They're really great, and I think we all need to remember that, you know, talent makes decisions about how they long want how long they want to stay with you and your organization. And a lot of those decisions are based upon the culture that you create, the type of leadership that you have, and the type of engagement that you create with the employees. And one of the big factors of engagement is the notion of creating these tours of duty. And Chris Yee talked a lot about those tours of duty and how putting them in place and helping people see over the next two years or three years that they're working for you, how they can get mutual benefit for working on a tour of duty, what they can gain from it and what the company can also gain increases your opportunity for retention. I think these are fabulous practices. 
I also had David Knorr on, who wrote the fabulous book, um, Relationship Economics. And he talked so much about how we need to really listen and listen beyond what we normally think we do. Because deep relationships are what really create value as you're building businesses around the world. And that's why today I have asked uh, Alexandra Barton Takeda to join me. She's been a senior learning and talent development person in numerous Fortune 100 companies. She's a certified executive coach, and she has her own consulting practice. But more importantly, Alexandra has written a fabulous book. You know, in our intro, we said one of the most taught programs in leadership development is active listening. Some people call it empathic listening. But we are naturally wired not to listen. We are more naturally wired to talk. And when we are listening to people, one thing that we've learned that the first thing our brain does is go to what's going to be my response? What am I going to say about this? Rather than really trying to deeply understand what the other person is saying to us. And Alexandra's written this really wonderful book loaded with core concepts. What you don't know about listening has been the center of management development programs over the past 10 years for companies everywhere. And so what you don't know about listening could fill a book, which I think is a great title. It came out May uh, of 2014. And if you haven't done so already, get yourself a copy of it because I think it's something that really helps you understand how important this is for leaders to be able to really effectively listen. So with that, let me welcome Alexandra. Alexandra, thank you so much for joining the show. I'm so glad that you could be here. Thank you, Linda. It's such a pleasure to be here on the Leadership Connection with you and um, speaking with you today. Thank you. I just love the title. What, what, how did you guys arrive at that title? That's a great question. Well, uh, you know, we, we played around with lots of uh, different titles, and, and we had it named uh, something different up until the uh, near end. And, um, you know, when we, when we came down to it, you know, we realized that um, what you don't know about listening really just was the right fit. Um, there are so many things that... Um, like you said, we you know lots of people are taking active listening classes and, and learning about empathy and, and um, important skills like that. But uh, what you don't know about listening really alludes to the core behavior that we talk about in in our book of, of asking questions. And um, so that's that's how we arrived at it. What what led you to write this book? Well, I've, I've always been passionate about communication and listening and uh, helping others learn how to be more deliberate in how we listen and interact with one another. Um, you know, it's my belief that when we listen, we, we create a more authentic relationship uh, where people can feel connected and valued. And, um, you know, in my work within organizations and experienced coaching executives, I've found that 
that listening is really one of the foundational behaviors that's critical to so many of the leadership competencies that are going to be required to be successful. And, you know, the way I think about it, listening is is really the bridge skill. It's bridging the people skills with the business skills. So um, it's what makes you more effective. And, you know, as you said in your introduction, too, there's, um, you know, a lot of research out there about, you know, what it is that makes effective managers and, and you know, and what what we've looked at, there's truly a correlation between being perceived as a good listener and being seen as strategic. And so good listening is not just about likability. It's, it's about, you know, being effective and, and successful. So, you know, I had a passion around this topic and, um, you know, clearly in my work and in my experience, I, you know, I'd seen the importance of the topic. And then I had the good fortune to work with my co-author, John White, who, who truly is a brilliant man himself. And um, I was internal to an organization at that point, and he was there as a consultant. And he brought some really interesting new thinking around these concepts. And, you know, together uh, we were able to, to bring our ideas together and then and bring my expertise in adult learning. Learning. And uh, we created a training within that organization with many of the same ideas and concepts that we share in our book. And uh, together we delivered it to over 2,500 leaders with very solid results. And I think at that point we realized that there was something powerful to offer here that could really make a difference. And we wanted to reach an, a, water, a wider audience so that we could really teach people how to be better listeners. Yeah. And, you know, it, it absolutely, as I think about this, as most companies are certainly multinational or aspiring to be really truly global companies. And as you go into a global arena, being able to really listen deeply is going to be essential because you're dealing with cross-cultural issues, you're dealing with language issues, you're dealing with governmental issues, value-based issues, and being able to peel back that onion through effective listening and communication is going to be what sets the really great leader apart from the average leader. And actually, we found that in, in our own research of what we were doing and winning it with transglobal leadership. So I just think it's, it's, it's really important. So let me ask you this question, Alexandra. There, I keep saying that, Alexandra. There are many books about listening I think you're Alexandra the Great. That's why I keep saying that. Uh, there, there are many, many books about listening, as we all know. But what makes yours, what sets yours apart? Well, I think you're right. There are lots, lots of books out there that talk about, you know, all the different ways that you can listen or communicate. And, you know, what makes our book different is that it's very practical. It really gets to one core behavior of how you can prove to another person that you are truly listening. And, you know, you mentioned it in, uh, in your intro that, you know, we're naturally wired not to listen. And, um, so, you know, we want to, we want to help people focus on this one elegant behavior, um, which, you know, we prove we are listening to others by asking questions. And so we, we talk in our book about that behavior. We explain three characteristics that can help you use that behavior most effectively. And, you know, what makes our book different um, is that practicality. At the end of every chapter, we have a set of skill practice exercises. We use stories and real-life examples throughout um, the book that that really help um, the individual truly own the concepts, understand them, practice them, and um, get them in their bones, so to speak. 
Yeah, that that's 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 really great. I, I'm going to get into that in the next uh, in the next section here of you know talking a little bit more about that elegant behavior, asking questions. And you well know Peter Drucker, the guru of uh, leadership, unfortunately no longer with us, had, has said that the leader of the past tells, and the leader of the future knows how to ask. Mm-hmm. But asking questions is an art, isn't it? It is. It's an art. And so, so what stays? What what in your mind stands in the way of of, all, of us all becoming a better listener? Well, I think it um, it starts by understanding what listening is. Um, you know, I think for many people, they uh, they don't really uh, know exactly what it is or what it looks like. And so, you know, when I uh, work with groups, the first thing I always ask is, you know, are, are you born with the ability to listen? And um, you know, uh, obviously the answer is no. Uh, you know, hopefully you're born with the ability to hear. Um, but, you know, we want to make that distinction for people that hearing is a physiological, um, is physiological, whereas listening is really a learned behavior that's going to be supported by specific skills. And so um, most of us learn how to listen by copying others. We model the behaviors of our parents, our siblings, you know, friends, teachers, bosses. And uh, you know, some of us had better teachers than others, and so unfortunately, most of us learned some bad habits along the way. So, you know, once you understand how you come about listening and what it is, then the question I always like to ask people is, okay, you know, if listening is a behavior, then you can think about what it looks like, and you can imagine what someone might be doing if they are really listening. And so... Uh, you know, when I ask that question, what does it look like when someone is really listening to you, the most common response that we hear is eye contact. So, you know, that's, that's certainly yeah. standing in the way. It's that, um, you know, we agree eye contact is an important part of a sincere face-to-face conversation, but it's not actually going to prove that you are listening. Um, you know, someone may be looking at you, but like you said in, in your intro, that, um they might just be thinking about, okay, what's my response going to be? You know, we're hardwired that way to talk. And, um, you know, they're entrenched in their own experience and their own agenda. And so it becomes very hard to listen to someone else when you're, you know, sitting there formulating your own response. So we think uh, it it takes being curious and being willing to ask good questions. Yeah, and we're going to explore that uh, after our break, Alexander. Stay with us. We have Alexander Barton Takeda, uh, author of a fabulous book, um, What You Don't Know About Listening. And it's just not a book. It's loaded with practical, hands-on experience uh, that, that Alexander's had in, in leading these kinds of sessions with leaders in in big fortune 50 companies so stay with us Uh, we'll be back to find out more about the tips and the tools when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. 
If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm the host of iLead, the Leadership Connection. And with me today is Alexander Barton Takeda author of a terrific book, What You Don't Know About Listening. And we're talking about the skill of the the central skill of really being a great listener which is asking great questions and alexander was talking about eye contact and you know a lot of us have been taught you have to have eye contact but just because you have eye contact does not really mean you're listening so uh welcome back um alexander what is the behavior that proves you're truly listening what do you need to do differently to convince somebody that they're really listening to them? Well, listening is about getting the other person to talk. It's um, you know, it's focusing on the other person. It's about listening is about asking great questions. So, um, if you're doing all the talking, you're just repeating what you already know. You don't learn anything new. And I think many leaders know this intuitively when they take the time to think about it, but they may be stuck in their old habits and. Um, you know, not really know how to put it into action. So, you know, what we need to do differently is we need to prove we are listening by asking great questions. And in the first part of our book, we lay out three characteristics of how to ask a great question. And these are really the things that people need to do differently. The first characteristic is that you need to ask a question that's open-ended. It doesn't have a yes or no or a maybe answer. You don't know where it's going. Um, you know, you're, it's not directed. The second characteristic is that the question is what we call vertical into a topic, and so it's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, dig deeper into what the person just said. And then the third characteristic is that the question starts with a 
specific word that's less biased and more neutral in nature. Most questions are asked with um, a word that uh, generates a defensive response. And so, you know, clearly we want to put person at ease and, and open up that conversation. So, you know, that's such an interesting point because, you know, lately I'm on this kick about, uh, and there's been a lot in the news, et cetera, about really the inherent bias that people have. And, you know, people don't even realize everybody, nobody believes that they're really biased and nobody believes that they're doing things, you know, that, that could sort of minimize other people or make other people feel comfortable. Certainly not you know, intentionally. So how does somebody guard against really asking questions that have that inherent bias in them? Well, I mean, it can be as simple as the word choice, and that's something that we discuss in our book. You know, most uh, questions actually start with the word why. And so if you think about that, that's, um, you know, generates a, a much more of a defensive response. You know, if, as a little child, you may have been told, you know, you know, why did you throw the ball in the house? <laughs> or, um, you know, you might have heard a teacher or a boss, um, you know, ask you a why question that was, you know, followed by some sort of reprimand. And so um, there's this neurolinguistic connection that comes up that, you know, triggers that defensiveness in us. And um, we found that instead, if you use the word what, uh, it actually has a much more neutral and unbiased, um, less judgmental tone to it, and it it opens it up. Um, there's the conversation in a in a way that can put others at ease. So um, we really give me an example of a what question, Alexandra. Give me an example of a what question. So you know, a, a what question could be something as simple as. Um, what are your thoughts about this project? Um, what kinds of ideas um, do you think would you know make this pitch the best it can be? Um, what's the best I like way that. For See, this very di- that's this a problem. neutral question. That there's no like um, pointing the finger or making feel somebody feel uncomfortable around that. I like that. Yeah, we like it too, and we really think it actually it works very well. And um, it, uh, like I said, it it opens it up. It's uh, you're not driving an agenda. You're really just uh, out of curiosity, you know, seeking new insight, new information, uh, new data, you know, another person's thoughts, feelings, emotions, creativity, what have you. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, you know, you mentioned this notion of vertical into the topic. Now, I, I think that's kind of a, you know, a new idea that you're putting forward here. T- tell me about that, vertical sure. questions. Sure. Um, you know, we chose the word vertical uh, specifically because of the imagery that it provokes. And, um, you know, we really wanted people to think about the question, digging deeper into what, you know, the person just said. And so, we find that, you know, vertical questions are really, um, the best vertical questions are based on what the person just said, and they tend to be more person-based rather than activity-based. So, you know, if you think about day-to-day conversation, uh, most questions are what we call horizontal. So they're, um, horizontal could be another way to say small talk. They're questions like, um, how's the weather? Or, you know, was the traffic bad getting here? You know, many of these are just sort of 
killer questions that um, are things that we ask while we're waiting for something or they're just, you know, kind of polite things that we put out there. But the thing is, is that we don't learn very much about another person or their thinking when we ask horizontal questions. So it's really small talk. Um, on the flip side, vertical questions take the conversation deeper. They allow for a more authentic and richer interaction. So again, we can learn more about what the person values, what they're thinking, what creative ideas they have, um, what data they have to share, what solutions they can propose, um, how they feel about something. So you know, those are the types of questions we want to be asking. You know, if um, an example of that would be, uh, say I told you that I just went on a snorkeling vacation. A horizontal question, you know, would be something like, you know, well, what kind of fish did you see? And then, you know, you could respond, oh, I saw tropical fish or green fish or blue fish. Um, and you can see from that type of question, you know, you can just hear it. You're not really learning that much. That's that's the type of um, information that you could have gathered just doing a Google search, right? You're not learning something new. A vertical question might sound, you know, if you asked, if you told somebody, oh, I just went on a snorkeling vacation, a vertical question could sound like, well, what do you enjoy about snorkeling? You can't learn, uh, you know, you can't find that answer <laughs> on Google. Um, you know, you really don't, know what you're going to get when you ask that question, and, and you really have the potential to go much deeper. Uh, and I think from there, then, you know, you know, if somebody responds, well, it's something like, you know, it's, it's really the only time I, I have to get away. Um, wow, you know, you've just opened up a totally new conversation, and then there's the potential to go even deeper in the next question. So, what I love about vertical questions is it really gives us that opportunity to explore the person more in depth and to be more authentic and more real. And, you know, by asking these questions, we, we really demonstrate to another person that we want to hear what they have to say. And perhaps more importantly, we're actually demonstrating that we value them and we value what they have to say. And wouldn't you say that this is the heart of what builds trust between people? Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when you, when you honor somebody by giving them the time uh, to really listen to them and to hear what they have to say and to, you know, um, provoke their ideas, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you build depth and you build that trust. Yeah. And, you know, in today's workplace, I think trust can be at short supply. So a leader who is able to have those deeper conversations or vertical conversations builds that sort of emotional connection with people and wants them to stay connected to that individual. Would would you agree with that statement? Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think it's, you know, it's so central to... um, Gosh, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, when you look at all the research that's out there, it's, you know, people want to feel connected. They want to feel like they're a part of something bigger and that they, you know, they're valued and uh, they, uh, they're they contributing and their contribution is um, is important. And that trust and that, you know, that uh, having that kind of depth of relationship with a manager or a leader, you know, if you're an employee is, is really central to wanting to you know, to, to work hard and to stay and to, um, you know, be a part of it. 
Yeah. And that's a big part of engagement. You know, that's a big part of that engagement factor. Well, we're coming up shortly uh, in two minutes to another break. But let me ask you, I think we have time for another uh couple of questions here, but your book is subtitled The Leadership Edition. Do the concepts, do these concepts only apply to leaders or where else do you think that they have uh, good applicability? Well, I think, you know, I mean, uh, this book was written for leaders, but certainly, you know, we can all be a leader in our life. And obviously we're in, um, you know, we're in conversation and communication with people in all aspects of our lives. So, you know, what I've, I've found is that often the best practice ground for trying these skills out, um, maybe with our family and our friends. And I always tell participants in our workshops, you know, um, you know, don't take these skills to your most conflicted relationship and try them out, but instead give yourself some space to learn and, um, you know, take the time you need to hone your skills. And, and the best place to start is often where we feel safest. And so for many people, that's with their spouse or their close friends, and, and we encourage people to take these tools into their lives if it feels right for them. Um, we, you know, we did write the book with business folks in mind, and so we've, you know, it's broken into three parts with specific application to leaders, um, but certainly, you know, you could, you could take these concepts and apply them in your life. So um, at some point we might yeah. write a personal edition, but for now we're, we're here. Well, you know, I, I do a lot of this kind of work as well, as, as you know. And one of the things that I find is that people either learn some of these skills in the workplace and bring them home, or they practice at home and bring them in the workplace. And invariably, they tell me, you know, I just learned this coaching model. You know, I, I use Marshall Goldsmith's model, and I've started using it at home with my family and my children, and it made all the difference in the world. So I, I think that's a great point, you know, that these can seep into a behavior that really becomes more part of who you are as an individual and not just something you do at work. Yeah. So I loved I loved that point. I think we have time for a real quick um, uh, question here. Um, what are the benefits that we should expect? And just just quickly, because we'll explore it in the next uh, in the next segment. Sure. Um, you know, what are the benefits? Um, I mean, I think, uh, number one, you're going to get better results and you're going to have deeper, richer conversations where you get more data, where you uncover more information, where you're going to, you know, learn more about the people that you work with. And, um, you know, we think you're going to feel the difference in the depth of your relationships. And, um, Bottom line, you know, we think that your your the perception of uh, of your listening skills is going to improve, and your ability to be more strategic and more thoughtful and more inclusive, more empathetic, more consensual um, is going to go hand in hand with that. Yeah, very important things. Well, thank you, Alexandra. We're coming up uh, on break again. Stick with us. Alexandra is going to be coming back. We're going to be talking about benefits, exercises, uh, how you actually learn uh, the, the, the three uh, characteristics that, sh- that uh, she was talking about. So stay with us. Very important topic, how to listen. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders 
that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to iLead, the leadership connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the leadership connection. Hi. I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and we've been talking about with Alexander Barton Takeda. I'm uh, doing the show from Dubai, a very interesting experience, having a, a great keynote speech at uh, a uh, large conference here and uh, doing a talent management boot camp. So I'm kind of excited to be broadcasting uh, from around the world, and I'll be doing more of that in shows to come. So Alexander and I were talking about, uh, just before we went on break, what some of the benefits are of really learning uh, how to listen uh, effectively and how it really uh, drives that sort of subtle and what we might call uh, intangible and sort of soft things in the workplace. But we all know that these thought soft things have very tangible outcomes in terms of keeping people, uh, retaining people, in terms of developing the best talent, etc. So sometimes I think the soft skills really are the hard skills and very often overlooked. So, Alexander, when we were getting ready for this show, you talked about how to use this in performance management. And I thought that that was a great discussion because my experience is that 95% of the managers hate performance management and performance (laughs) reviews. And 95% of the employees hate it as well. And 100% of the companies think that they absolutely have to do it to drive more effective performance, which, by the way, the research does not necessarily support. But but tell me how you apply this to performance reviews, to making an onerous process more meaningful. Sure. Um, that's, a, that's a great question. Well, we, um, you know, one of the uh, main applications we did uh, was actually within a company and looking at the performance management process and applying these concepts and, and really looking at it from the perspective that 
the performance management process is an excellent time to be having very open and honest dialogue and conversations with your employees about their development and their aspirations and um, and their performance and their outcomes. And so uh, the best way to, you know, to show up to one of those conversations is ready to listen and uh, to create that space for them to think about what's next and, um, you know, how are they going to get the results that you're driving towards, but also on a personal basis, you know, how are they, how are they going to be moving towards their career aspirations? And so that's really, um, you know, when we taught these skills, we really, we taught people, you know, how you ask questions. We taught them the base characteristics. We talked with them about how they can uh, constructively share their thoughts and opinions in a way that uh, creates that commitment. And, um, we did role plays. We did, you know, uh, exercises where we, you know, we had people walk through, you know, difficult scenarios and um, still maintain their ability to listen and to, you know, share thoughts in a in a respectful and and thoughtful manner. You know, I love that point, aspiration, and I do think that many many companies overlook that aspect of a performance and a career discussion, and you know, asking people what their aspiration is and then really exploring that with someone and then exploring how you both can work together to help that individual meet the skills and get the skills while also delivering on the the business results is a very powerful approach. Mm -hmm. And we mostly don't do it. So you have thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, I think it, it needs to be an ongoing conversation. It can't happen, you know, just once a year and during a performance review. It really has to be something that you're in continuous dialogue about, you know. Um, and that's, you know, that's what how I feel about the performance review conversation in general. It uh, it should be something that you're continuously talking about so that, um, you know, it's never that sort of once a year, but it's something that's... Um, you're in constant dialogue about, and you're you're listening to what it is that someone wants, and um, you're you know you're thinking about it in your day to day. What are the appropriate assignments? How do we create stretch opportunities? Um, what are ways to you know showcase someone's talent? What team can they be a part of that will um, you know connect them to the right resource? Uh, and, and a lot of that really requires good listening, understanding, and hearing you know what someone values, what it is that they want to experience, and then helping create that opportunity for them and empowering them to create that opportunity for themselves as well. Yeah. You know, I also, uh, I'm, I'm coming out with an article um, uh, very shortly because I've done a series on uh, women in leadership because of the glass ceiling, et cetera. And I, I believe that, you know, we, I said it before that we all operate with this kind of bias that we don't even realize and having these deep conversations helps you get to know the person beyond, you know, what you may think about a woman leader or a, um, uh, somebody from Japan or something like that, that it really helps you. And once you've pulled back those the, the onion and you really understand the core of what an individual is about, you're much more likely to trust and sponsor that individual to move forward in the organization. So I, I, I just think your, your points are so well taken. Do you, do you have a, do you have any thoughts on what I just said? Uh, I mean, I, I really agree with you. I mean, we, um, 
you know, it's it's amazing how many times we make assumptions about what somebody wants or, you know, we think we they we yeah. know what they need. <laughs> but, you know, in reality, yes. we, we just don't. Um, you know, unless we ask them, we really have no idea what they're thinking. And um, I want to read your article because it sounds um, very interesting and um, sounds like it could really make a big difference in, in how people show up. So I agree. Yeah, well, stay tuned. It'll it'll be out soon. But um, you know, here's a question that I think is is important to know. You know, can people change? Sure. Will they change? Maybe. But how long, if somebody takes this seriously, how long does it take for them to really become a better listener? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I mean, we think that. Uh, you know, the way that we've outlined these skills, we think that you can learn to use them really quickly. Um, we were very purposeful and not trying to overcomplicate it. You know, we think that, you know, if if you take the time to even just read the first part of the book um, and, you know, first, you know, I think it's 60-something pages or, you know, participate in an hour-and-a-half workshop, we think that you can have a, a firm grasp on the base concepts and how to ask a great question. I think that, you know, the kicker really is that it, it requires sustained effort and practice to begin to own these skills and use them consistently. And um, a, my eldest daughter had a teacher that instead of practice makes perfect, she used to say practice makes permanent. And I love that saying. And I oh. uh, completely adopted it because I think that, um, you know, we want to be really deliberate and we want to be so intentional about the habits that we're practicing and using the best listening skills possible. And so practice makes permanent. You know, you have to practice. And, um, you know, I teach this material. I co-authored this book. And sometimes I still forget to listen and I want to talk. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's these habits are really entrenched. You know, they're things that we learned as small children. And, you know, we've, we see this, this um, you know, uh, poor listening skills, you know, all over the place, right? So uh, we're hardwired, as you said, you know, not to want to listen. You know, in fact, the, the National Academy of Science has research out there that says, you know, talking about ourselves and just talking generates, you know, and stimulates the same part of our brain as food and money, right? So um, there's, there's actually some chemical uh, things going on there. So um, that said, you know, the more you practice it, the better you get. And we think, you know, we've outlined it in a way that hopefully is simple enough for people to grab, grasp um, pretty rapidly. Oh, I, th- I think you definitely had. It's a, it's a very good and, uh, you know, powerful, powerful read, uh, not onerous at all. But so, so tell me, Alexandra, how does somebody get started on this journey to becoming a better listener? Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, the first part is going to be acknowledging that you want to improve. You know, that's always the first step. And then actually being willing to put the work into practice. And we think that, you know, uh, a great first place is to read the book, you know, what, uh, grab the book, read it, and um, and then to take yourself through some of the practical exercises that we have at the end of each chapter. Um, you know, we've... It, those aren't always for everybody, but we have found um, just in the feedback that we've received that, you know, even people who uh, they don't complete all the exercises, even just reading them um, has made a, a tremendous difference. And 
um, the way we wrote the book with all the exercises, we really wanted it to be a handbook of sorts. So, um, you know, you could read through the first part, get the concepts, work through some of the exercises, and then uh, go to specific application chapters in, in the, in the uh, third part of the book and, and look at, um, you know, particular challenges that you're having. And as you face new challenges going forward in your business, you can go back to those chapters and reread them, look at them again, and get new insights and then put it into action. Yeah. We're coming up to 30 seconds to break. Um, so just let me ask you really quickly, um, how, how, how does your chapter offering your opinion, t- tell me a little bit about that chapter and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that um, in, the, in the next section. Sure. You know, we um, we wanted to have a chapter on this because we're all, we think, too eager to offer our opinion and, and many times at the expense of the conversation. So we devote a chapter of it because we don't want people to undo all the good work of asking questions. Um, yeah. You know. yeah, I I think that's great. We're going to explore that after break. Alexandra Barton Takeda, we're talking about listening. Stay with us. We have some questions that were emailed into us during the show and I'll be asking you those in the in the next section. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, I'm, uh, and welcome back. I'm your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection, and with me is Alexander Takeda, who is a author, a consultant, uh, somebody who does a lot of great leadership development work around active listening. Um, so we had a couple of questions emailed into the show, Alexander, and I'd, I'd like to just explore them with you because I think this does happen a lot. I've personally experienced it, and uh, I've probably done it a few times to other people. But uh, this is from Shaban from Ireland, and she says, my boss cuts me off and assumes he knows what I'm going to say. And I try to interject some points, but he doesn't give me the time. What can I do to politely, because, you know, I really don't want to challenge him, but to get him to understand what I'm really trying to say? That's a great question. And I think uh, we really, uh, I think all of us have had that experience where, you know, perhaps we work for somebody who's all too eager to, um, uh, you know, give us their own thoughts and, and doesn't really explore our own. So, uh, one of the things that uh, we talk about, and we were just uh, talking about it earlier, is, is how to offer your own opinion. And, and you could certainly use this technique on not only for when you're trying to, you know, share advice with others or comments, but you could uh, turn it on the other way around too, and and ask, uh, use it to ask uh, your boss to to listen to you. Um, and the first thing that uh, that that we say to do is is really to ask permission to share your thoughts, and that might be a polite way um, to stop your boss and to um, get him engaged in listening. And so it could sound as simple as you know, uh, you know, may I share some of my thinking about this topic with you? Um, and you know, I love that. That's a great suggestion. So we have time for one more. Uh, This is emailed in from uh, Mary from Dubai. And she said, I have deep conflict with someone, and I really want to resolve this. But it's hard to have this kind of discussion um, without letting all that emotion get in the way. What suggestions do you have for me? Well, uh, gosh, I mean, this is uh, such a, a critical topic, and we have a whole chapter devoted to it, so I really encourage you to read the book and get some of the nitty-gritty. But really, the secret sauce to our approach is, is three really simple things, and the first thing is to pause. Um, uh, the second thing is going to be to accept responsibility for your role in the conflict, and then the third thing that we tell people to do is to ask for help in rectifying the situation. So the pause may be one of the... Um, best things that you can do just initially. It's going to help you de-escalate, ratchet down the adrenaline, uh, you know, help you turn on more of those cooperative behaviors. And and so if you feel too heated in that moment, you know, you might actually just admit, hey, you know what, I need a little bit of time to collect myself or, hey, can we meet about this tomorrow? 
Um, the accept responsibility piece, that's this idea that it's going to take two to tango, right? There's some piece of this that maybe you contributed. So you might want to be asking yourself some questions. You know, what have I said? What have I ignored? Yeah. What goals weren't clear? What assumptions did I make? Questions like that. Um, and then the last part, and I think this is what's going to be key for you, is uh, also asking for help. Um, so when you when you ask someone to express their ideas first, you're signaling a willingness to listen to them. And um, I would just encourage you to do this. It could be, you know, what do you think we should do to solve this issue? Or what do we need to do to move forward? Um, you know, what is it that's standing in the way of us getting this done? Or, you know, uh, what's, what's worked for you in the past if you've encountered something like this? You know, it, again, using your listening skills of asking questions to seek their input and get them committed to the process with you. I hope that. oh, that's, that's really, really great. That, that's, that's super. So read that chapter, Mary. I think that's, the, <laughs> that's a good message. <laughs> so uh, Alexander, you have your own consulting practice. Uh, you've done this training in a lot of companies. I'm sure after this show, how, how would people get a hold of you and uh, how can they get, your training program in their company? Sure. Um, you know, I, mean, I, I encourage everybody to read the book. You can also go to our website, which is the title of the book. Um, there's no apostrophe in it, so it's just, you know, www.whatyoudontknowaboutlistening.com. Um, once you're there, you can contact us. You can join our newsletter, sign up for our blog, um, hear about, you know, different upcoming events that we have. Um, your people are also uh, more than welcome to email me directly at alexandra.takeda at icloud.com. Um, I think, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from, from your listeners and uh, for once people have read the book to, to hear about your experiences, answer any questions that we can, and, and um, certainly explore different ways that we can support uh, individuals and their organizations. Oh, Alexander, thank you so much for joining our show. Uh, it just was really a great eye-opener. I love your book. Thank uh, I think you. it's a very important contribution to the leadership literature, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, wrapping up the show today, uh, with us next show is going to be Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, he's one of the top five thinkers in uh, the world on leadership and development. He's an executive coach for some of the best CEOs in the world. I've known Marshall for quite some time, and he's going to be launching his new book coming out called Triggers. And so I'm thrilled to have Marshall on the show so that we can explore the book before it actually hits the newsstand. So join me uh, next week for... um, my discussion and dialogue with Marshall Goldsmith. He's always great to have a good conversation with. And also, don't forget to contact me about our Global Talent Management Mastery Bootcamp. It's the only fact-based, data-based decision process for making sure that you have top talent in your organization. You can get a hold of me through radio at lindasharkey.com. And also, keep sending your questions in. I love it when we get emails from others and uh, it just makes the show even that much more fun. So thank you again for joining I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Uh, I'm your host, Linda Sharkey. I look forward to having you with me next week with Marshall Goldsmith, a best-selling author, and he's going to be unveiling his new book, Triggers, on our show. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.